You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we're back here on The Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico hanging out with you guys. We're now joined in studio by Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated. Lincoln, what's up? Uh, th- so you tried the southern tea cake. What, what's your thought? It is very good. I can definitely see the sugar cookie aspect. Yeah. Of it so it's as Marcy texted in the first segment. So this is a good thing. This is a plus if you keep coming in on Tuesdays. There will be two new desserts, yeah, desserts you. for you <laughs> every single week. Um, but once again, sweet things by Marcy dot com, uh, or you can uh, call her. Give her a call today. The phone number's on the website and all that. All right, Lincoln. So Husker volleyball. They play Creighton tomorrow night. Um, I wanted to ask because uh, the setter has been a big discussion point this weekend mm-hmm. or this this year so far. They've played Kennedy Orr at setter a couple matches. They've played uh, Ani Evans and now Nicklin Hames has even spent some time at setter this season specifically. What are some of the benefits? And then they've also played with two setters at times. So the 6-2 compared to the 5-1. What are some of the benefits or I guess even you know problems or, or non, non-benefits of playing with a 6-2 versus a more conventional 5-1 formation? I think a lot of teams run the 5-1 because it's the simplest, most straightforward. Gotcha. And especially at the elite level, too. If you had an elite setter, I mean, you look at the national championship the past 15 years have all been one-setter yeah. systems because if you get an elite setter, you can really play at that elite level. You can get a lot of consistency. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times your setter is your leader, uh, kind of the floor general. John Cook likes to use the analogy that they're, they're your quarterback on the floor. So um, it just makes sense to have one person out there the entire time. So I think that it's a consistency and also being allowed to uh, let that person Person get into the flow of a match that really lends itself well in the five-one, in the two-setter system, uh, you always have three big hitters in the front row. Yeah. So uh, and, and other teams explore that a little bit. Nicklin Hames. Nicklin Hames is five ten. She's pretty big for a setter, but still, other teams can hit over that. They kind of target mm-hmm. that a lot too, especially because that's their left side. They're really good pin hitters. So that's maybe a little weakness. And also because you're substituting two players in every three rotations, you only have 15%. So if the set goes long or there's a lot of yeah. side outs, you can run out of out of substitutions and that kind of puts you in a pinch. How how crucial is it to have depth at outside hitter then in a 6-2? Oh, it's, it's huge. Yes, and that's what John, actually John Cook said yesterday. You need to have four elite outside hitters and then then you can get into the, and the conversation gotcha. of having those two setters. And Fortunately, Nebraska does. Saying, and, they set up set up really well with that. Yeah, they, I mean they got Maddie, they got Maddie Kubik, they got Ali Batenhorst and Lindsey Krause, and then Whitney Lonstein, uh, and also they got Hayden Kubik could fit in that rotation too. So they got a little bit of depth behind that, but they have those four top row top line hitters that can really make it all possible. Now, when we're talking about a six two, John Cook was telling us how you know one of the drawbacks is you know one of your middles is going to have to serve. Mm-hmm. We've seen. Becca Alec actually have a pretty decent serve these last couple of matches and the athleticism that she's been able to display in not only in the in the back row but a couple of times in the front row John Cook kind of mentioned that what is what is the advantages of having somebody as athletic and as tall as, as Becca Alec I mean it doesn't make her a liability in the back row I mean she can really do a lot of things I mean uh, I the play that I sticks out in my mind is that there was an overpass so it went over to a serve went back to the other team net Becca turned around, went up, and then blocked it back. I don't think she got it down, but she rejected that over because that's the easiest kills in the game is an overpass. Like, oh, great, here this comes back to my net. But she's made a couple of diving saves, so a couple of shoe, uh, shoestring saves, mm-hmm. uh, and it just really just that natural athleticism. She doesn't doesn't look like she's being overwhelmed by the level of competition at the college. 
Now, now we haven't seen any Maggie Mendelson since the red white scrimmage or, or from uh, some of the earlier matches. She played the match number two against Tulsa. Yes. Okay, okay. So she played against Tulsa, but is there? Is it just that? Uh, Becca and Caitlin are just playing that well, or is it, is it kind of a substitution playing in the six-two? Oh, no, I don't think it's not a substitution because I think I mean they may give that, but I think Maggie's just a little bit behind. She didn't join the team till early August after playing. Mm. Uh, I mean, she played a lot of basketball earlier. She went to the uh, under nineteen uh, Pan Am Cup, so she had to play elite level then. But I think it's just catching up and, and getting used to the system. So hopefully she'll be be pushing for more, more playing time. Also, I think Becca's been playing really well. Yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, nothing against Maggie, but I think when the way Becca has been playing, it makes it hard to like, I don't, let's, let's try something else, but yeah. cause it's working mm-hmm. so well. Uh, Lincoln Arneal of Huskers illustrated uh, is with us inside in the studio today. Um, I, I guess when we look at tomorrow night's match against Creighton, right? They're both two teams that are ranked currently. This is going to be a massive match, right? There's going to be a lot of yeah. people there. Regular season attendance record is in jeopardy, I believe. Which it's and then gone. It, it's it's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, done, it's gone. It's but then, is there a chance that it gets broken the following week because of Wisconsin? Yeah, Wisconsin's hosting Florida at, at Cole Center, their basketball arena, which hosts okay. just above seventeen thousand. Okay. So. There is a chance that Omaha could hang on to it, but they need to completely sell out. I mean, I was looking at some of the Final Four matches then, and then they that's where they get above 17,000. So I, I ticket sales were, I think, 14,000, according to the Creighton Athletic Department yesterday. So gotcha. there needs to be a lot of walk-up tickets, but uh, I think they'll definitely set the regular season record tomorrow. If it lasts longer than a week, uh, we'll yeah. see. <laughs> we'll it's going to be really interesting there. So, you know, Nick kind of talked about it earlier. He, he, Caden, or Kennedy Orr uh, was setting for a little bit in, in a couple of matches, and then she got taken out in the second or third set against Ole Miss, and we asked John Cook in the postgame, and he said she was just missing sets. Is there a chance that we get more Kennedy Orr later, or is it just going to be kind of one of those game-by-game basis where, where it's going to be her and, and Nicklin Hames, who, as everybody knows, was the setter for four years before, uh, just swapping in and out? Yeah, I think they're going to run with the 6-2 a little bit longer, see how it, it fares against some top-level competition. And, and then, then it's kind of a matter of what do you want to go with Ani Evans or Kennedy or Kennedy or from what I've seen to her and just glimpses, she has a much higher ceiling than Ani Evans mm-hmm. as far as sets she can make. Uh, she, I mean, I think out of all three of them, she has the best back set to go. If she's setting over her head backwards to the, like the opposite hitter, she has the best, best one of the three out of that. So it's a matter of getting Kennedy comfortable, getting Kennedy's, Get ready to compete at that elite level, and also I think her passers need to do a little bit, a little bit of a favor, and that's the other thing that's sometimes difficult with uh, a six-two is that you only have two defensive players in the back row because the third one is the setter. Mm-hmm. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. And so not only do you cover Husker volleyball, you talk about volleyball nationally. Um, Texas. Has been on a tear. Their schedule started off tough. It's only gotten tougher. They're playing, you know, ranked opponents week in and week out. 
How good does this Texas Longhorns volleyball team look? They look really good. I watched some of them. They they, they played Stanford and they played uh, Minnesota this past week. I watched some of their match against uh, Stanford on Sunday. and uh, They just have hitters everywhere. I mean, it helps. I just was reading Logan Eggleston was named the uh, National Player of the Week this past week. She had, I think, 30, 38 or so um, kills in those two matches, which is I – mean, she's – she, I think, the front runner for the national player of the year. Uh, it's whether, and she was that last year too, but Nebraska found a way to slow her down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think she has a pretty good supporting cast uh, and very good defense around her too. They, they, they're playing a gauntlet. I mean, so they, they play two against Ohio State. They play Minnesota, Stanford, and I think they play uh, Penn State as well this upcoming. No, no, sorry, that's Stanford plays Penn State. State. Okay. But, they, but I mean, it, it doesn't stop for Texas. They just play. I mean, they want to challenge themselves, and they've proven themselves that they are the best team in the nation. <laughs> just watch. I, I just watched a couple clips of them, and it's just it's just wild to see how just crazy athletic they are all around. Like the yeah. depth that they have at just about every position is is fantastic. And then adding uh, the two Nebraska players, uh, Keanu Leakana and, and Kayla Caffey. I've seen Akana getting a decent amount of run with the Longhorns lately. Yeah, she's like their second or third defensive specialist. And the weird part is, is Caffey really hasn't played. I don't know for whatever reason, whether it's health-wise or just getting her kind of used because she joined the program so late that she's only played three sets this season and very, I mean, I think she has maybe like two attacks or two mm-hmm. kills. Uh, so she really hasn't been integrated into that. I mean, that's another All-American caliber player who's just sitting on their bench and break glass in case of emergency. Or yeah. Hopefully, I mean, I, I like to see – Kayla do well and kind of contribute there so uh yeah she's just sitting there right ready to be unleashed probably <laughs> I'm talking to Lincoln Arnella of Huskers Illustrated and Lincoln we were talking about running the 6-2 and the depth that Nebraska has an outside hitter how how amazing has been kind of I mean we, we noticed it last year with the freshman outside hitters and this year they as sophomores they've taken another step forward especially uh uh Whitney Lowenstein uh just just kind of stepping forward and being there in crucial situations when Nebraska needs her how how impressive has that been yeah, she's really she's the one that's made a really big jump. I mean, she saw a few stints last year of playing time because her and Lindsey Crossy were kind of trading off of that right side hitter spot, but it was just inconsistency. Like she'd have a couple good runs, she'd string a couple kills together, and then just would sail one into the first row, or just kind of hit one out of bounds or hit one into the net. It just I think we've seen a lot less of this. She's really kind of learned how to control her power and mix up her shots a little bit more too, and that, that really. Uh, I think she's just l- used to playing at this level a little bit, and maybe the game slowed down for her a little bit it has helped as well too. But her, the power that she can unleash is just <laughs> it's crazy. I feel bad for some of the defenders at times. Like they don't know if they it's, realize that's coming that fast. It sounds different. Yes. when she hits it. Yes, and, and to evoke the uh, the holy name of Michaela Fecky, when Michaela Fecky hit, it sounded different, and it sounds different when Whitney hits. Oh yeah, uh, so. I, I don't know if anybody else realized or if this is just something that I'm making up, but the defense at the net this last weekend seemed to be a little bit of a concern in the first game against a faster offense uh, in Loyola Marymount, and they kind of picked it up against Ole Miss. But is that something that, that John Cook and this team is worried about going later on into the season, or is that just something that starts slow and they'll pick it up? I think so. I mean, I think Loyola may be one of the fastest teams they see in the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh so, so I think that I mean a lot of the Big Ten teams are a lot more methodical and a lot more uh, kind of routine, more similar to the style of Nebraska plays, and you see that a lot more in the Big Ten. Uh, but you get one of these West Coast teams that runs a little bit faster, and that that threw them off a little bit. And, and if it happens again, 
it may take them a set. Like I think the best example is when they played uh, Pitt in the national semifinals. Pitt also ran at a very, very fast offense. And after that first set is like, oh, goodness, Nebraska's in trouble. But I think just seeing that speed a little bit, they can recalibrate and figure out, okay, we need to do this, this, and this different. And then Nebraska won the next three sets. So if if they do see another another speed, I don't know if it's a big concern, but it's kind of just a little bit of a wake-up. And hopefully they'll be able to use that Loyola Marymount match to – to kind of be used to that speed if they see it again. Yeah. Uh, again, speaking with Lincoln Arneal of Husters Illustrated, another another issue that John Cook has kind of addressed is the serving issues that Nebraska has been having. Is that something that, again, will clear itself up with time, or is that a, a legitimate concern for this Husker volleyball team? I think it'll clear itself up with time. I think you got a lot of servers just kind of because it's, serving is very tricky because you got to balance the the kind of the edge of being aggressive, but then also serving kind of a lollipop over for them so that they can run their offense and just kind of get an easy kill. So I think a lot of the servers are figuring out where that edge is. But you've seen a lot of like Kenzie Knuckles has a couple of times started a whole set off with the servant air and you kind of see the energy and this is kind of John Cook slump his shoulders a little bit. Like, I can't believe this. And my, my seniors even doing this too. Yeah. So uh, it, it is a concern too, but I, I think that, Given the emphasis that Cook places on it, I think that they'll put enough time and kind of get it to a more respectable kind of kind of area. I know post gaming it's will miss. He seemed very perturbed. It was kind of something <laughs> that he he mentioned without any provocation. He just mentioned, you know, you can't serve into the bottom of the net. Oh. And, and once he he said that, you could kind of sense a a shift in his tone. Like he's he is upset with the serving issues that they're. Oh having. yeah, and I think because it stems from the weekend before too. I mean, going into that week, said serving is going to be a major point during our practice, and then mm-hmm. to come out against Loyola and Old Miss and kind of have the same kind of mental errors. I mean, I, when you serve into the net, that's more of a mental error rather than just a physical one. If it goes just a few feet long or hits the top part and then trickles uh, tr- yeah. trickles back. So I, I think that when you hit the bottom of the net, he sometimes likes to say that's like two points because that's just a mental error, not even giving yourself a chance. It's so deflating. Yeah. So ahead of this this top 25 matchup between Nebraska and Creighton uh, at the CHI Health Center tomorrow, uh, not only is the attendance record going or has been shattered, um, it's a big showcase of the sport of volleyball in the state of Nebraska. How big is this not only for the universities, but for the high school level uh, mm-hmm. in the state? Yeah, I think that anytime you open up, you open up a, in a venue this size, it opens up the possibilities of a lot more people attending. And I think that's where you get a lot of the teams that come down and watch or the club teams mm-hmm. that come and watch. So I think that that's kind of the cool to see the next generation of athletes in there. Uh, just watching kind of the joy, how much everyone appreciates volleyball and kind of like, oh, if this many people want to watch volleyball, maybe – I can really commit myself to it. So it's, it's a, like, I think John Cook likes to run, run out the line. It's a celebration of the sport, and, and volleyball is a treasure in this state. So I know both at Nebraska and then what uh, Kershaw Bernthal Booth is doing up at Creighton, is, it, it, they do a really good job building their program and then also selling the program to the communities around here. Well, thank you so much, Lincoln. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll yes. both be in Omaha, so it'll be a blast. Hopefully I can find my way around and, <laughs> and get to the right seating areas and all of that. But that's Lincoln Arneal of Huskers Illustrated talking to us about volleyball ahead of the top 25 matchup between number 17 Creighton and number 2 Nebraska in the CHI Health Center tomorrow. Uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets already, go ahead and get some. They're they're selling fast. But we, we want to fill that state that that arena up and and hopefully stave off Wisconsin Florida next uh, next next week, next uh, week when they play at yeah. the Kohl Center. But uh, on that note, we're going to take a break. Up next, we'll do a little crossover uh, with the guys from. Oh my gosh, why am I just just spot on the block with Nathan and maybe Strick? Maybe we'll have Bach, and I'm not exactly sure. But again, thank you so much, Lincoln. You guys are listening to the Happy Hour. 
Download our app by searching 93.7 a ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.